May Christ be magnified in our hearts and in our lives. Lord, we give you honor and praise and glory. Thank you for the gift of your word that we find truth in. May you be glorified, God. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Uh, This morning, we are going to be talking about where does our strength come from? Uh, strength. I'm kind of a goofy guy, if you know me uh, for a while. And, and so when I thought of the word strength, kind of one of the first things that popped into my brain was kind of a goofy and fun memory. It's actually one of my, my favorite childhood memories. Uh, I was turning five years old. And it, I mean, I wasn't turning five years old. I was five years old. And it was my dad's birthday. And so uh, myself and my two siblings, we pooled our money together to get my dad uh, a birthday present. And so we got him his favorite thin licorice, okay? And, he, and he, we got him red and black because he always kind of mixes them together and takes a bite out of it. That's how it works. And, and then we also got him a card. Now, this card wasn't just any normal kind of lame card, no offense to cards, but it was a, it was a really kind of cool and a more expensive one. It was one that when you opened it up, it had music that actually played out of it. And I'd never heard this song before, but, but we, were, we were shopping for cards for my dad's birthday, and I opened up a card, and the coolest song came out, and this is what it was. And at the instant I heard it, I knew this was my dad. Macho man. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard that song before, but in my five-year-old mind, I thought my dad was the strongest guy in the world. Why? He could open any jar. He brought the groceries in in one load. And when we went to the pool, he would launch me up so high in the air. I always was afraid. I would tell him, I don't want to hit the ceiling, okay? <laughs> so in my mind, my dad was a macho man. That's how I define strength. That's how I determined it. Kind of funny, right? Uh, this morning we're going to be taking a look at this idea of where does our strength come from instead of using Josiah's uh, five-year-old definition of what strength looks like. I think it would be a a better use of our time if we looked at how God defines strength and where that strength comes from. Our our, our scripture passage that we're going to be looking at this morning comes from Joshua chapter 1 verses 5 through 9, and it is the Lord talking with Joshua. And this is what it says, Joshua 1 verse starting in verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will never lead the, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Uh, This morning we're going to be looking at this verse and, and what does this mean for Joshua? But also we're going to be talking about what does this mean for us as well? Uh, what, what does this verse mean? Our, our first point is, what does this verse mean for Joshua? Well, context is key, right? See, in, in this passage of scripture, uh, the Lord is instructing Joshua uh, because it's right after Moses had died and Joshua is taking over charge of the Israelites. He was becoming their new leader. He was the leader of God's chosen people. 
And you know, as I was reading these verses, the, the illustration that kept popping to my brain or the way I was approaching it kept coming back to this idea that almost it was as if God was talking to Joshua as a coach, giving a prep talk to his second string quarterback who's coming into the game after, uh, after the starter who had like a Tom Brady-esque leader and career had hung up the cleats at halftime, right? See, the, the job wasn't finished yet. The Israelites weren't in the promised land yet. There was still work to be done. And Joshua found himself with some big shoes, or you could say big cleats, to fill after Moses. To, so to say that the stakes w- were high would be, would be an understatement. And I wonder how Joshua was feeling. Yes, Joshua was an incredible, we, we know that he was an incredible military general, but they had been wandering the wilderness for the, four, for the last 40 years. And being the number two is very different than being the main guy in charge. I wonder if he was anxious. I wonder if he was nervous. I wonder if he was afraid or even terrified. I wonder if he thought, am I even able to do this myself? Am I, am I able? I don't know if I got it in me. But the words that God gives to Joshua in this important time of uncertainty are, are words that he had been constantly and consistently giving to Joshua over the course of this transition of leadership between him and Moses. See, it's constant and consistent because if we go back just a couple of verses in Deuteronomy chapter 31, when Moses was still alive, before Moses had died, we see that Moses is talking to all the Israelites with the message from God, and this is what it says in, in Deuteronomy 31, verses 6 through 8. And also verse 23, Moses is talking to all the Israelites. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, the Canaanites. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel. So he calls Joshua up front. And he says to Joshua in front of everyone, be strong and courageous. For you must go with the people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And then a little bit later in that same chapter, verse 23, before Moses has died, the Lord goes to Joshua. And he says, the Lord gave this command to Joshua, son of Nun. Be strong and courageous, for you will bring the Israelites into the land I promised on earth, on oath, and I myself will be with you. Are you tracking with this? Three times before Moses had even died, Joshua is given this message. The Lord threw Moses to the people of Israelites first. That includes Joshua. Then the Lord threw Moses to Joshua specifically. And then the Lord just to Joshua again. This idea of be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified. I, I'm, I'm going to be with you. And then if you were counting earlier with me as we read the passage of Scripture, three times after Moses' death, the Lord delivers this same message to Joshua again. In chapter 1, verses 6 and 7 and 9, we see that uh, it's repeated. Be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified. I, I'm with you. That idea is, is presented to him over and over again. Usually if something is repeated in the Bible, it's because it's important. But when it's redundant, hey, this is being communicated in a way that, hey, there's, there's no doubt this is true. This is what God wants you to know. So at the beginning of verse 9, we see now that this phrase, have I not commanded you? That has some weight to the statement. 
Those aren't empty words because before verse 9, Joshua had already heard five times, and this is about to be a sixth time, have I not commanded you or have you, been, have you not been hearing what I've been saying the whole time? Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God's message to Joshua is, is very clear. In the way that he was with Moses, he was going to be with him. To be strong and to, and to be courageous because God was with him, for him, and in him. We just celebrated, actually it was half a year ago, but Christmas time, we talked about Emmanuel, right? God's name for God with us. That's what Emmanuel means. And in the same way that God was Emmanuel, he was saying that he was going to be with Joshua. But the question I find myself asking then, if this was written to Joshua, we just talked about how this message to Joshua was clearly given, consistently and constantly given to him. What about us? written 4,000 at least years later, this famous Bible verse, does it apply to our lives today too? Brings us to our second, second point. What does this promise mean for us? This idea that we can be strong and courageous, not terrified or discouraged because God is with us wherever we go, is this promise for us today? Yes, it is. Why? Because this promise is not limited to Joshua. We already read it earlier in Deuteronomy when Moses delivered the message from God to the Israelites as a whole, as a people. And this idea is found throughout Scripture and other promises of God alike. Like Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I will strengthen you. Do you hear the resemblance? How about Psalm 31, verse 24? Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Be strong, take heart, or another way of saying, have courage. It's not just in the Old Testament either. It's in the New Testament as well, these promises. How about Hebrews 13, verse 5? God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Or in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Jesus has given us a promise out of his own mouth as well. We read it in Matthew 28, verse 20. And surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. I hope you hear through these passages of scriptures that we just read that Joshua 1.9 is not just a one-off. It's not just for him. It's constantly and consistently found in his word. One scholar even said that there are 365 different promises in God's word that say, don't be afraid. 365. Wait a second. That's one for every day of the year. How cool is that? There's a promise for us in God's word every day that we could read a different one of our call to not be afraid. How encouraging is that? See, Joshua 1.9 and, and this promise, is it for us? It, it passes the fact, checker, the fact checker because of the fact of when we look at the other promises found in his word, they're broadened out for us as well. So no, this promise isn't just for Joshua. It's for his people. It's for us as well. So it brings us to our last point. We talked about what does this verse mean for Joshua. We talked about can we claim this promise as well? And and what we're going to finally kind of spend some time in is this. So if this promise 
is for us, what does it look like today? What does it look like this afternoon? What does strength look like? See, I think we need to define what godly strength really is then. Because our definition, just like my five-year-old definition at the beginning, is oftentimes misplaced because how people view strength oftentimes is paired with a heavy dose of pride. Trying to uh, find that, that, that psalm that I heard, I, the only thing I remembered from that card was macho man. So I, I, I kind of looked it up and trying to find it and I figured out for the first time that it was written by the village people in 1979. They're the same people who wrote the song, YMCA, you know that one. Everyone tracks with that guy. But when, when I was looking at the lyrics of, the, of, of this song, in the first verse, listen to these words. This is how they described, this was the first verse of the song, Macho Man, okay? It's kind of funny and interesting. Every man wants to be a macho man, to have the kind of body that's always in demand, jogging in the mornings, go man, go, workouts in the health spa. Do we still have those? Muscles gonna grow. You best believe me, he's a macho man. He can take, take down any man, so watch out, because he's a macho, macho man. And then, and then I gotta be a macho man is what it says. But, but this idea, I, I, well, first off, I can almost see the music video, the 70s headbands, the mullets, the spray tans, and the close-up of the flexing biceps. But in today's world, this is one of the personas of what we think of what strength looks like. Though we think this is strength, though oftentimes we, we find ourselves thinking that it is, it's not strength, it's pride. And, 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 and pride says, look at what I can do. Look at how awesome I am. Look at what I've accomplished for my own glory, for my own fame. I pump myself up with my strength, my ego, and my abilities. I give off the persona that I have it all together, that I'm strong because I don't show emotion because I know my bank account can handle any hard situation I find myself in. Because I'm well-dressed or good-looking, because I'm desirable, because I'm well-educated, because I make good decisions, because I have friends. All these items, all these things we've listed, We think uh, in some sort that we're building strength in, but really it's not building strength, it's building pride. See, true strength looks different. True strength, biblical strength, is actually kind of upside down. True strength, biblical strength, is actually weakness. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 through 10 says this, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It is because of the cross that I am not afraid. See, this is the paradox of the kingdom of God. It's upside down. Strength is found in our weaknesses. It's reliance not on our own abilities, but it's reliance on Christ and the cross. It is because of the cross I am not afraid. One of the devotionals that um, my dad and I read, and he sends to me every once in a while, or I'll send to him, is a, is a devotional uh, by Paul David Tripp as an author. It's called New Morning Mercies, and I highly recommend it if you're looking for a good devotional. But he actually uh, wrote a devotional on 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. And I want to share it with you guys. It's a little bit lengthy, 
but it encompasses and, and, and breaks down this passage of scripture way better than I ever could. And I, I think this is for us. So um, listen along with me as I, as I read this devotional. Our problem is not our weakness. God's grace is up to the task. Our problem is our delusions of strength that keep us from seeking the grace that strengthens us in our weaknesses. We don't like to be weak. We don't like to think of ourselves that way. We don't want others to see us that way. So we act as if we, we know things that we don't know. We don't ask the questions that we need to ask. We act as if we can handle things we can't handle, and we don't seek the help that's available. We act as if we've conquered the things that we haven't conquered. We don't reach out for help from, for the battle. It's a failed quest for the self-congratulatory glory of independence. But we are not independent. None of us are. We are not created to be independent. We are formed to be dependent on the one who made us. We were recreated in Christ Jesus to be dependent on his grace. God does not hold you to a standard of independent strength. God does not expect of you what you do not have. He knows who you are. He's never shocked or dismayed by your weakness. He has moved towards you in grace because you are, when you are weak, because you are weak and would have no help in life and death without him. The person who is shocked or dismayed by our weakness is you. It bothers you. It embarrasses you. It makes you want to hide and cover yourself. It causes you to play act in, in public and deceive yourself in private. Your weakness will drive you crazy unless you understand the gospel of Jesus. And what's that message? It's a story of a strong and able savior who showers his powerful grace on people who are fundamentally weak and unable. He confronts you with your weakness so that you will run to him for strength. He calls you to mountains too big to climb so that in your inability, you will look to him. He leads you to taste failure so that you will find your hope in him. He works to prove to you how weak you really are so that you will gladly accept his invitation to enabling grace. Perhaps it's not a big thing to come to the end of your rope if at the end of your rope you find a strong and willing Savior. So don't be afraid to cry out in weakness because when you affirm your weakness, you are teaching your heart to esteem and celebrate the grace that makes you strong. Sometime in the next day, week, or month, you'll be confronted with your weakness. And when you are, you'll either convince yourself you're strong or run to the one who is. <laughs> it's powerful. I hope you were tracking with that. Because true strength shows us our weakness and the source of our strength. It's not from ourselves. It's from the grace given to us by our God. True strength, unlike pride, goes, look at him. Look at what he's done. Look at how he's made a way for us. We get to walk humbly but courageously in him, not because of what, what we've done, but because of what Christ has done. Not because of ourselves, because we're not enough, but because of what he has done for us. So the end goal of, of this challenge or, or this command that Joshua gave, and the end goal for us is this. We get to live in the strength that God supplies. We get to live knowing that we don't need to fear or be afraid because our weakness, he is enough. And we get to have the peace of knowing that our God is always with us. And like the end of 2 Corinthians 12 verse 10 says, it is because of the cross that I am not afraid. Those are words, those are promises that we can cling to. Because of the cross, because of his grace, he gives me strength. His grace and his strength is enough for you. Rest in that. Let's pray.
God, thank you for your word. Thank you for this promise that you gave to Joshua, but it also extends to us. Thank you for the promise that we can be strong, not in our own strength, but in your strength that you give to us in our weaknesses. God, help us to rely and to cling to you. Thank you for that. In the cross, we don't have to be afraid. In the cross, we can trust you. We can trust you with our lives. We can trust you with our church. We can trust you with everything that is happening. God, I pray and and thank you that your grace is enough, that even though we aren't enough, you are, and you lavish your grace upon us. So God, we give you the glory, we give you the honor, we give you the praise. Amen. I'd like to call the elders and Annie and Judah and Josiah now. We just want to say goodbye. I was just thinking now, as we were finishing up that song, I think um, I echo your guys' feelings where Sometimes we can be sad and happy at the same time, you know? And we're sad because we love these guys and we're going to miss them. But like Josiah said, we're, they're not going that far. We'll still see them around. But also, we're happy because God's kingdom is a big kingdom. And we move on uh, where God calls us, all of us in our lives. And I've noticed as I've gotten older, things continue to change. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's, it's really a a good thing because um, God continues in our lives as it changes, but he's the same God and he, he works. So I'd just like to um, just read something because I, uh, I, I um, just as a, as a thank you and a goodbye. So as a congregation, we are thankful for the time Josiah, Andy, and Judah have spent with us. Always full of enthusiasm, you have poured yourselves into our lives from the very beginning. It was difficult when COVID, you guys came and COVID-19 was here, it was difficult for all of us and uh, a whole set of new challenges for you guys working with the youth and everything. But you guys did a great job and you just love, we, your love for the youth and all of us shows so much. And we appreciate not only all you did at Oak Hill, but also the brother and sister that you guys are in Christ. And... Um, Josiah, thank you for all you contributed in the service to us with your preaching and your work with the youth. You always brought a ray of light and energy and positivity. And Annie, thank you for working on the worship team. And also, we know at home that that's that's where you keep it all together there. And it's a lot going on and stuff. And so thank you for everything you've done. And uh, you will be missed. But we know that God will continue to use you for his glory and purposes in the days to come. We are praying for you, and we'll continue to pray that he will guide and strengthen you for what's ahead. We are looking forward to seeing how God uses you up in Fergus Falls and, and wherever you go in your coming days of ministry. But thank you for being in ministry. Thank you for working in the Lord's work. And uh, we're, we really are... Um, just expecting that God will continue to use you and bless you in everything you do. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for Josiah and his family, for the, the blessing that they've been to us these last few years. We just thank you for his enthusiasm, his, his uh, trust in you, his faith in you. And um, we just thank you for the love you've poured into him, that he's allowed to... Uh, to spill out and and to um, fall on the rest of us. So we just thank you for that. And we ask that you would uh, be with him and his family in this transition, remove any anxieties, and uh, and strengthen him.
and we just uh, are so thankful for his ongoing um, love to uh, serve and help prepare him in seminary for his uh, his oncoming work throughout his life. And so we just ask that you will continue to bless him with gifts that you've already provided him, uh, allow those to grow, and uh, we just ask for your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I hope that in the last two months, as Annie and I said that we were leading, I hope you've heard and communicated um, themes of, of thanksgiving, themes of gratefulness, and how blessed we've been able to be to be here and I'm part of Oak Hill Church. Uh, thank you for welcoming Annie and I into your congregation uh, when it was just the two of us and we were pregnant. I mean, Annie was pregnant, not me. Uh, but uh, thank you for that. Thank you for welcoming us with open arms. Thank you for um, welcoming Judah into um, the faith and, and baptism. Thank you for um, baptizing our son into the body of believers. And thank you for entrusting us with uh, the lives of your students and the, and the youth of Oak Hill. Um, we love and we care, and we will be praying for our students and you guys as we leave. Um, I also want to say thank you for sharing uh, hearts, your lives, and meals with us. Thank you for allowing us not to just be uh, a part of this body of believers, but truly a part of the family um, Annie and I don't take it for granted that uh, I was known by name, my wife was known by name, and Judah was known by name. The number of people who would come up and grab Judah and take him, and it's just something that we are extremely grateful for. So thank you, O'Kill. Thank you for living lives of grace and truth with us. We love you and, and care for you guys, and we'll miss you. So um, hear now this benediction. <clears throat> May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father who loves you so much, he sent his son to die for you. The son who has the nail marks in his hands and his feet to prove his love for you. And the, and the Holy Spirit who seals you like a ring and says, child, daughter, son, you belong to me. Go now in peace.